Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. This is my first full-length episode where I interview one of my best friends in the world, Justice Marimi. Justice is an executive coach and consultant podcaster and all-around motivating guy. He also has been a pastor and church planner who has a unique perspective about materialism and spending within the church and as a church leader. A note about the episode, we did make several rookie mistakes while recording our discussion, so you'll hear a couple changes in audio quality. Getting Justice's thoughts were super convicting and insightful, so I hope you bear with us. Okay, now on to my conversation with Justice Marimi. All right, so <laughs> Oh my god. If 10 years ago you would have told me that we would have been sitting in some hipster freaking coffee shop in the middle of D-Town Boogie and I would be interviewing my next guest, I would have called you what? Beyond insane, <laughs> because, but here we are in 2019, living our best life. My next guest is, uh, for better or for worse, one of my best friends. Yeah, for better, for so much better. And he's also uh, a former pastor and one of the only people that can uh, get me to weeping through. <laughs> you cried? Through ghosty <laughs> preaching. Somehow he, he he preaches in a ghosty way and it, it hits me in a, in a way that doesn't... Are you crying by yourself or are you with me? Yeah, there's... it's. I've never wanted to admit it, but I guess I'll admit it you now. You are crying. That's so good to know. I feel better. You made me feel like I'm the only one. You say, like, good job, but you never say, like, Hey, dude, that really dude I'm usually in the habit of telling other dudes that I'm crying at a sermon. But anyways, Justice Marimi's in the house. He's a podcaster. He's a co life executive coach. He's a former church planner, yeah. former Chili's manager, waiter. Yep, Chili's. <laughs> a lot of queso. <laughs> Uh, Justice, thanks for being on the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. Uh, crazy. Life is what it is at this point. Yeah. So um, before we get going on some of the questions, yes. tell us about 
because I'm sure there's so many people that know who you are. Uh, yeah, this is. Tell us about what you're doing now and yeah. maybe some of your background in the church sure. as a pastor. Go ahead. Yeah, so um, I live in Austin. About a month ago, we moved from Dallas to Austin. We felt like the Lord told us to move there. I know everyone's probably thinking like, oh yeah, the Lord told me to move to Austin too, but I just... The Lord said we need to yeah, break up. Yeah, the Lord told me to move to the Bahamas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Lord. Austin needs more churches and more pastors, so... Yeah, the Lord told me to break up. Um, so anyway, before that, I was a pastor at a small church in Dallas. Um, I got to be, you know, I started off uh, actually asked to be on staff as, a, as like the youth pastor when there was no youth because it was just a bunch of young parents. They said, yes, I came on and I, I, I got to raise support and do all that kind of stuff. Then, Which is the best. Oh, it's so much fun. Reaching back out to people that you haven't <laughs> talked to in forever. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so I know we like met in second grade and then you moved in like fourth grade, but I hear you rich. <laughs> You're rich and white and in the Bible Belt. Have you considered paying me a monthly salary? Yeah. I had a guy get really upset when I reached out to him. Turns out he was mad at our church before I reached out to him. Didn't know that. Wish I would have known that ahead of time. Mm -hmm. But I got a friendly email back. Um, so did that. Then uh, we got to a stable point where I could come on as an associate pastor. Um, and then I, I came on. And then I got called promoted or whatever. Asked to be the executive director of the church. Um, and that's I did that for about a year. And then... What does that What does that look like? What is an executive director of a church? So it's basically like an executive pastor, but for small church. Um, some people will just say, hey, I'm just the associate. But we had like 100 adults and maybe like 50 kids. And um, you're doing the operations. So you're like behind the scenes running the staff, running staff meetings, making sure everything's happening. Um, and then the lead pastor just gets to preach and teach and like pastor the congregation um, and do some other stuff. So um, crazy opportunity just... You learn a ton because we were a church inside of a church. Try helping people find out where you are when you're the church inside of another bigger church. But they were nice enough to let us meet there. So yeah, run operations. And then right after that, about six months ago, the Lord told me, it's time to be done there. I want you to move. And I said, where? He said, Austin. I said, okay. And so we are in the middle of that transition. We are in Austin now. Um, Learning a ton, getting to know the culture here. And enjoying the tacos. Enjoying the breakfast tacos. Enjoying getting to wear whatever I want and being accepted. Yes. That's that's probably something that I really... I keep going to these meetings with people that I might end up doing business with, thinking, like, I need to dress up nice. And they're dressed in, like, a t-shirt and jeans. And I'm I haven't like, showered in, like, four oh, days. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I was going to do what you did, but I you would be like somebody in Dallas. It's like such a visible difference between God. Dallas and Austin. We loved Austin so much more for that very reason. It's because so awesome. you didn't have to get Dallas done God. in Austin. We I hope. Didn't how Dallas done, I think. Oh, yeah? Stepping oh, yeah. out in a leather jacket and oh, some yeah. freaking oh, I mean, sevens. Yeah, dude. I had, my, I had my Gucci jacket on. Dang. Oh, yeah, dude. I had my Yeezys on just because I wanted to be presentable. Yeah. I mean, you so, wanted to wear your Sunday best yeah, 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 yeah. for your for sure, for sure. meetings. So, <laughs> Solid idea. And so, uh, so I just, I don't know. Austin is how I'd like to have dressed. Um, 
Right. That's awesome. So now you're here. Now I'm here. Tell me, so you kind of glazed over a little bit, but talk about your business now. You're, you're an executive coach. You're also a motivator. You're a podcaster. Yeah. Shouts out to the Under the Influence podcast. I threw out a bunch of awesome names for your podcast, and you I took, none of them. took none of them without apologizing, which was so tight. Yeah, dude, My self-esteem oh, is at an all-time high. I'm sorry. It ended up being a great little promotional deal. It got a lot of people involved. I didn't realize how much engagement I get from it. But yeah, so one of the things I've learned as being um, an executive director at a church is um, it's a lot of listening to people and figuring out what's keeping them from getting where they need to go. I think it's anyone that's running a staff is just like, okay, what's keeping us from doing what we need to do? Let's talk it out. It's just people. And so doing that with different people and pastoring different people, I was like, I think I'm kind of good at this. And when the Lord said it's time to go, I was like, who else does this? It turns, it turns out, like, executive coaches do this. Like, this is kind of what they do. They, just, they listen. They ask you great questions to help you get to a conclusion. And then you get there. So I do executive coaching. And then I do consulting, which ends up being like running operations, people management, more on the management side. <laughs> and so I do that. It's all called Under the Influence, which is the name of my podcast as well, which is just being under the influence of joy. So leading from a place of joy instead of leading from a place of entitlement or anger or frustration. Let's lead from a place of joy. And so you'll often hear me and my podcast is Lead with Purpose because when you lead with purpose, you lead with joy. And so, um, yeah, helping people find their purpose, all that fun stuff. I get to do that. Host of Under the Influence podcast, which is just like quick motivation for people every day. Some interviews, kind of shaking it up a little bit. I got a new intro to the podcast. That deep, I just love it. It might be cheesy to some people, but I absolutely love it. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I just love so it. So you found, you found that there's a niche there for consulting based off of joy instead of based off of like, I guess a lot of people talk about Simon Sinek and say, what's your why? Talk about your why. And if you don't know your why, but you're, fr you're framing it more as like, I mean, Gary Vee talks a lot about gratitude, but like, I guess joy comes from gratitude or joy, if you're a believer, comes yeah. from the Holy Spirit yeah. and knowing where your security is found. Yes. But have you found that there's, a continuous amount of content to produce based off of this kind of joy niche? It's a great question. Yeah, I think because it, it, there's so many, like joy means a lot of things to a lot of people. Um, for me, joy has always just been an awareness of God's presence. And so... And no connection to happiness, right? No. So happiness is circumstantial. So you can have an awesome day at work and you're really, really happy. But joy is, is a constant state no matter what's happening around you. And no one's perfect at it, but... If you are a believer, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You so one of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. So you always have joy. You always have stuff from joy. You always have goodness. You always have all of those things. So, yeah, joy is, is a place that you always are. It's in you. It's who you are. You're a joyful person, whether you're acting like it or not. The joy of the Lord is in you. Um, it is your strength. And so what I find is a lot of people lead from either insecurity, I'm not good enough, or um, they need to listen to me. They, they think they're better than me. Um, or they lead from a place of like really anger, which is again, like rooted in fear. Um, and so I really want people to like, yes, figure out your purpose. That's important. Um, get a purpose statement. That's really great. But you really want to lead from a place of, yes, you know who you are, you know who you are, but you actually have joy in you. And there's a, there's a, there's a, 
presence you bring, there's a joy you bring that's going to look different than mine. How do you bring that to people? Because the most positive people in the room are always the people that people want to be around. That's right. So you want to be a leader that people want to be around, that want to follow, and they're going to see your joy, and they're going to, they're going to get around it. So, yeah, man. Dang, that's legit. <laughs> you're involved with a bunch of stuff, and you're just printing money at this point. Right? But at this point, like, so, yeah, we got audited by uh, by the IRS because we had too much money. Yeah. So we, we had All in cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, we haven't seen this amount of cash for a long, long time. It's like, yeah, well, I'm like a, I'm, I live by the gold standard, and Right. Um, so that just means like you just have gold and uh, everything is accounted for. Doubloons. So, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just the, living Mardi Gras in your time. house. Oh my gosh, it's 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 a lot, and I hate talking about it on a podcast like this. I know because you're so humble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might be yeah, the yeah. most humble. Also, my wife that the other night, I was just like, baby, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm going too far this, but I think I'm the most humble person that. I yes, yes. Almost as humble as uh, the host of the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. <laughs> Follow at Preachers Letter and Sneakers. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. um, all right. Well, so to keep from this being another leadership podcast, let's, uh, I guess, move to what the, I guess, the followers want to hear about. Yeah. Um, and we, right when the, all right, this isn't going to sound humble at all, but right when the New York Times <laughs> and Wall Street Journal were interviewing me uh, for this ridiculous account, so humble, humble brag. you and I uh, had a pretty good conversation about your experience about uh yeah material things, being a pastor and yeah. how crappy it felt when people asked you about pretty basic comforts, like yeah. buying a new pair of jeans or going on a vacation yeah. and you had some pretty good perspective. And I said, all right, hold that thought because I was planning on doing a pod at some point. Yeah. And so I wanted to ask you about that because, um, the whole purpose of this podcast is to hopefully have some kind of productive conversation around, how we all spend our money as believers and how we view the things we purchase and why we buy them. And then um, maybe talk about a little bit about this kind of celebrity pastor thing. Uh, we can get into that later, but yeah, sure. I guess if you could maybe talk about your, your experience as a pastor and yeah. kind of the, some of the things that you felt when people asked you some of those questions. Yeah. So I was a pastor at a, at a, at a really small, really small church. And I'll say this, the church that I was a part of is, by far one of the most generous churches I've, I've ever known. Like when I was in need, they, they gave and they gave a ton and they liked to give, like they, they love to give. Um, but we were also just, we're a young church, so we were poor. So when I started working at, at, at my church, I had to raise support, but everyone that I had to raise support with, um, they're like, but you work for a church, so you're raising support to be on a church. So it wasn't like easy going not making a lot of money. I had to raise support and that took some time just explaining to people, you know, why they should give to me even though I'm working for a church to raise support monthly. Usually people give to missionaries or Young Life or whatever. And so to give to somebody that's already a part of a church was hard enough to explain. But then I also had, so just to get the insurance, I worked at a coffee shop. So I worked at Starbucks, um, getting there early and, and, and doing that work, which was amazing and, and hard while we had a one-year-old and a new one on the way. And then I'd go MC events for this event company uh, to make some extra income. So it was super trying times. And every once in a while, we'd be able to get ourselves something nice. Um, but as a pastor, you're, it, and I'm not speaking for every pastor, I'm not gonna say this is like universal, but you're already insecure about what you're buying because 
the whole church kind of knows how much you make. And that's so uncomfortable. And and it's like unlike any other position in any other thing. Yes. Ever. Unless you're like the president of the United States. Yeah. Or in the military. Yeah. Yeah. Like most nonprofits are, can share that stuff. But it's not saying it's wrong. I don't, I don't, I don't know that it is wrong. Um, but it is uncomfortable. And it's just right. something you have to go, okay, I have a privilege of being a pastor over this community. Um, but everyone kind of knows about how much I make. And so it makes conversations uncomfortable. Um, and, it, and everyone knows, just being a man, everyone knows that you're poor. Like, they know you're not making a lot. They know that, like, when we made the transition from two cars to one car, uh, not many people had to ask why. Like, oh, you're saving 300 bucks a month on gas and insurance and all that kind of stuff. And so, and, and so as, as a man, it was, it was kind of hard to just go, man, I could be out there doing all this other stuff, but God's called me here, and I'm mm-hmm. not making a lot of money. While a lot of my friends are probably making really good income, they're starting to get in the swing of their jobs and starting to really start to pull in some cash. Um, I'm, I'm not making much. We, we, you know, we don't go on vacations. If we do, it's all this stuff. So when we could save up money to get a gift or something, you already feel insecure about getting it because everyone knows that you're getting something nice and they know how much you make. So there's that thought of like, ah, oh, was that a wise decision? Now, would, were people in the church like, like that at my church? No. But there was like certain points where I was already feeling insecure. Like I got a nice pair of jeans. Like these were like $300 jeans, but I've been waiting on them forever. And I just, I, I wanted them. I, I could tell you everything about them, but they were just like, I'd been looking at them for a while. And I was like, I, we finally could save enough to get these $300 jeans. And you'd gotten that body right. Oh, just, I've lost the weight. I'm ripped. Just, just working tongue. the glutes. Oh man. It's just incredible. Mm. Incredible shape. Incredible shape. Better yes. than high school. Um, and so I finally, I finally get them, and I'm, I, I'm like, man, I just dropped 300 bucks. We're not making a ton of money. We were, wife was totally cool with it, and, you know, whatever. And I remember just. And you had budgeted for it. We had them. budgeted for it. And, <coughs> but anyway, you budget when you're making what we make. It's like, that's still not a right. You could do a million other things with that money. Mm-hmm. But we're just like, we're going to get something nice. So I get these jeans. And I remember a, a, a person in our church w- was like, oh, you got those nice jeans, huh? That that must have been expensive. And I remember it just mm. was like, it just was like, ah, man, like, this was hard. Like, I already felt insecure enough about this. Right. That stings. Like, that really stings. And this person, like, didn't really mean anything by it. They might have been frustrated where they were at financially, but it just stung. And I was like, I was already thinking about that. Like, I was already thinking about how this might not be, quote, unquote, the wisest decision in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I don't know anywhere else where they know how much you're making mm-hmm. to where they can say, oh, wow, you got, you got the, you got a whatever amount, shoes or shirt or whatever. And so it's just, those were, as a pastor, those were some of the uncomfortable things where we had to go like, is it okay that we go on this nice vacation? Like, what are people going to think? And part of that's on us. Like, we had to mature as, as leaders and just go, it's okay. Um, but people will, will ask about, like, how much time you spent on something if, you, if you're out or if you take a half day. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll go, like, what would you do today? And ministry and being a pastor, your time's different. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm going to spend eight hours every day as hard as you try. It's like some days you spend 14 hours with people and pastoring right. and working on sermons and doing all this stuff. And some days you have nothing to do and you take advantage of those days because you, Sundays your kids don't have you. And when you're helping lead other stuff, 
you're not with your family. So you just have to be, it's more of like taking what you can get when you can get it and, and learning to work on it. So you're, you're insecure about time. Some, some, some pastors are insecure about alcohol. And so I know for even for us, like we didn't know where everyone sat on us as pastors, for me personally as a pastor drinking. And so I'd feel insecure, not that I felt like I was doing something wrong, but just like, is someone in my church going to see me buy alcohol and say something about it? Right. Is it going to lead them in any way, like somewhere where they're not supposed to go? And I know I'm not responsible for them or their emotions or, or any of that stuff. But one day I'm 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 getting a, a six pack and rolling through the gas through the uh, grocery store and I'm buying it and I'm really excited about it. It's Shiner Cheer, which is like yum. The, oh, it's just the best. It's, <laughs> Shiner makes this like holiday beer that only comes out around Christmas and it's the tastiest beer ever. <laughs> And I got it in line, and there was a lady that had come to our church, and she was like, oh, getting a little booze, are we? And I just was like, dang it. Who else says, like, this to whatever? And I was just like, yeah, you know, I am. And she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I was just like, this That's is so messed up. I'm already feeling insecure about buying this. I bet there's pastors that, like, go outside of their town to go get, like, yeah, a whiskey. Absolutely. Or, or, just to get away so no one says anything because they feel so insecure and they don't want anyone to be led in a certain way, even though they're like, I know this isn't wrong. This doesn't go against what I do, but you just, it's an insecure place. And I think it's, it's this place where we all have to sit and, and be, but it is, it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. So I guess from the layman side of things, and as somebody that's supported pastors and missionaries, there is this this underlying feeling whenever you're donating to someone's ministry or church that you feel some amount of, you feel like the person you're supporting owes you some amount of conservatism or stewardship. <laughs> yes. I, I felt it. You feel it. And I, I, I guess I wanted to ask you, like, is that fair or valid or what do you think that is because i yes i've ragged on you for years about oh, <laughs> supporting I, your yeah, ministry yeah, like, I'm giving you all this money man but i've even had like you're to you i've never actually had an issue with anything you've ever done because yeah. you've always been pretty uh wise and a good steward other than the 300 jeans which <laughs> we are now addressing <laughs> that i didn't know about when i was supporting you so you're welcome for the jeans <laughs> thank you but I have had like, and I don't know if this is founded in anything legitimate or not, but I've, I've supported missionaries and pastors, like specifically missionaries that they'll ask me for support, will we'll commit to a monthly deal, and then they'll buy a big ass engagement ring. Yes. And that just sets me <laughs> off. Or like they'll go on a honeymoon. I'm like, did I just fund their honeymoon or their iced out engagement ring? <laughs> and I, uh, I'm talking to our our friend will Boston tomorrow about this. And he kind of rebuked me for having that kind of attitude, <laughs> but I guess I wanted to get your perspective on what that is. Yeah. And, or am I just the sinner in the room? Yes. But it seems like a lot of people, whether or not it's fair. Yeah. Feel the same way, which is why maybe this account has grown so much because people have been secretly thinking like, Hey, what is this where they're spending whatever they want or flexing in whatever they want? Yeah. And a lot of us don't know what to do with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I think I think a few things. One, I felt that way. 
I think some of it is like this Americanized deal, which I don't know if it's wrong or if it's right, but it's like I'm making an investment. Right. And so we go, I'm not, it's like, yes, I'm, I'm giving to the Lord, but I'm making an investment. How's my investment doing? Like I'm, I'm giving this to the deal. I don't know if that's good. I think one of the things that I've had to learn over time is like, I'm giving this to the Lord. I'm not giving this to the person. I'm giving it to the Lord. So Lord, whatever you choose to do with this money through this person is between him or her and you. And I didn't like learn that overnight, but I'm, I'm going, okay, Lord, I'm give, I, if, if you give to a missionary or to a pastor, you're going, all right, I am giving to the Lord and he's asked me to give it to you. And you are just a vessel for me to give to the Lord through. And that's with, we do that with our time. We do that with our money. We do whatever. And so I don't know what it is. I know with some people, they just give and they give freely. I think there's some people that give and they want some sort of control. They want a result. And and that's, I don't know the intentions of their heart. Hmm. Um, I did notice that while I was in ministry that certain, I knew with you, you were joking. You loved me. Um, But I knew that. Conditionally. Yeah. Totally conditionally. I knew that some people were like, they wanted to give so they could control. They wanted to open, they wanted to offer something so that then they could have control in how my ministry turned out. Um, Which is messed up. Which is messed up. And, And I'll say this, most of the time they didn't even realize they were doing it. Right. They didn't realize when they gave that they had an expectation. Hmm. The other side is, hey, when you're giving to a church or you're giving to whatever, it's not bad to care how things are going and to be aware and go, hey, man, like if you're seeing a habit and it's causing concern, you go, all right, Lord, is this something that I need to care about or speak up about? Yes. Okay. Hey, man, I give to the Lord and he's told me to give to you. How are things going? And that was one of the things that I, that I was, as I was thinking about this conversation is, um, me and you talking is like, we want to, a, a lot of times when we confront somebody on something, on, on something, whether it's, whether they're in ministry or out of ministry, like I've had, there's people that are outside of ministry that their spending's not wise. Right. And God might be asking you to go, Hey man, like you got a wife and two kids and I see that you're out all the time. I don't think that's a wise investment of your time. Like you need to be around them. So is that wrong? No. Um, but are you just focusing on ministry? And the other thing is we don't really want to do anything outside of relationship. Like whether we are questioning a pastor or a friend or a business leader and we're saying that's wrong or that's right. It's not that we don't, we're not allowed to have like a judgment call or like to think critically or any of that, but it's going, are you doing this outside? Do you even have a relationship with them? Before you tell somebody what they're doing is wrong. um, I think it's important to go, do I even have relational capacity to speak into their life? So I think that's a great place for me is like, I could feel people's tension. I could, I understand the tension of, man, I'm giving a hundred, 200, 300, 400, 500 bucks a month. Like I'm sacrificing. I'm saying no to something in my life and I'm giving to somebody else. Okay. Did you give to the Lord or did you give to the person? I gave to the Lord. Okay. Is, they, is there any, sorry, didn't yeah, no, is there any, where does, maybe you've already said it, but where does the accountability piece fit in? So like, okay, let's assume that you have a relationship and you say, all right, God, you've, you've basically instructed me or called me to give to you out of faith as well as 
trust that you're going to use the money in the right way and you give to this ministry or this pastor or this missionary, and then you see them objectively spend, like based on your own scale, objectively spending the money in a way that seems unwise. Like where does, where are you letting go and trusting God with that money? And then where are you stepping in and saying like, Hey dude, why'd you buy this Gucci bag? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's great. I think if you're in a relationship and it's, and it's, and it's a ministry that you're invested in and, and giving to, I think it's great to go, Hey, ask somebody like, just go to them. Like, or, or go to, let's say they, they might be on a kind of a bigger stage and they're more out of reach. Just go, hey, can I speak with one of the, like, the elders? Right. Like, but, like, here's the thing. Like, we do that with churches, but how often, like, we all invest, we all. I invest in the stock market. And I never, like, if it goes up or they spend money on something, I never question them. Like, yeah. I, I never question Amazon on their spending habits. Right. <laughs> And I'm invested in them. Yeah. Or um, maybe even more than your more than you're giving to a church. Yeah. Yeah. We invest way more in stocks and bonds than usually that than we give to a church. And so I'm going like, hey man, like, or like if you if you and your wife are like doing whatever, how often do you even question your wife whenever she's spending and you're going, oh, that was a little much? <laughs> <laughs> in a way that in a way that doesn't get you in the doghouse. Yeah, exactly. Like, where you got two dresses and <laughs> Thought you were just going in for like a, like a shirt. <laughs> oh, you got the most expensive yeah. conditioner on, oh. on the show. Well, I'm glad it's organic. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, free like, trade, <laughs> free range. Yes, that's so good. Oh, the I'm forty so forty dollar shampoo. Okay. And that's the closest relationship you have. That's the closest relationship. And you don't question any of it. You just go, it's not worth it. It's not a big deal. At the end of the day, it's more about a relationship. So how often do we question within relationship? Or do we? is our giving, the way we spend our money, are we questioning how a lot of things are spent? Or just when we see someone else use money that we think was like ours? Right. Right? And so I've had to ask myself that on a lot of stuff. And I know like, I love your your Instagram account. I think it's so I, it makes me laugh out loud, and I just I think it's we're at a place honestly, where it's like we can't even like I don't like that people's are, are might be getting attacked on it like not cool yeah but I think it's like it is interesting like it is to go and see like the culture shifting, and we're seeing people dress differently. And I do think it is interesting. So if you see something that's like interesting, that's like, yeah, hey, look at that. But if you're like somebody that's like, if you're at a church and you feel uncomfortable about how something's going, speak to that person because you have a relationship with right. them. Right. And that was my biggest, so like that's kind of the elephant in the room is that like a lot of people would say that, like even you, even you just said, like if you have a relationship with this person, you have the ability to go up to them or message them and say, Hey, I have concerns with how you're spending your money. And yes. I didn't have relationships with any of these guys yes. and girls. And so, but also I never intended to have more than 50 followers of my <laughs> own personal friends. Right. And, and so, and a lot of people think that I am for better or for worse, calling these pastors and preachers out for how they're spending their money. And biblically, basically it says, uh, 
what's the verse? Second Corinthians or Matthew 28, where basically bring things to each other in private. Yeah. That's like a really broad stroke summary. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I want to get your thoughts on that because I, you saw this from the very beginning yeah. and know for a fact that I wasn't on some <laughs> ved- vendetta to cause this massive cultural shift. Yeah. <laughs> Despite what's happening now. Yeah. Um, I guess I want to get your thoughts on that because like, yeah. I've, I've gotten strongly rebuked by several of these guys for basically saying, oh, do you not understand Matthew 28 at all? You freaking idiot. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, I wasn't. I just posted the pictures. Yeah. Yeah. And so I like this part of this is me trying to process this thing. Yeah. And see if I'm see if any of this is good or if it's all bad. Yeah. And. You being a pastor, I guess I just wanted to get your perspective. No, like, so let me, I think I have a few uh, stories that might help with all of this. But first, I think, one, we were all going, this is interesting. Right. Like, I think I think that's why it got so much attention was I think we were all going, I, I love it. I love that they wear nice stuff. I absolutely love it. I, and I might even get emotional. Um, I really... Um, I look at these pastors and I go, man, they're making such an impact that people love them enough to get them nice things. Right. And they're in an environment where they are encouraged and celebrated and they're reaching people I could never reach. Right. The people I love and they're dressing like the people they reach. Right. And the people they reach wear nice sneakers. The people that we know wear nice sneakers. Um, they wear really expensive shoes and they like it and they might not buy other stuff, but they're not going to walk into the church I grew up going to. They aren't. Right. They, they just aren't because there's no one that looks like them. And maybe one or two of them will, but that's it. But like they're coming in droves over here. So my heart goes out to them. So I'm in this balance where I'm going, man, this Instagram posts are making me literally laugh out loud. And they're just funny. Like that's all they are to me. They're just funny and i i equate it a lot to like the babylon bee like that is uh, if you read their blog it is some of the funniest stuff and it it doesn't make me envious or whatever and i right. and so i i enjoy it i don't like that people are getting hurt by it at all yeah um i don't like that i don't think we're responsible for other people's actions i do think we're responsible for what we're, we're doing and i might get heat for this whatever uh, and at the same time like I can honestly say for a lot of these guys, like, um, like I think the world of a lot of these guys, yeah, uh, a lot of these pastors and and worship leaders, like I think they're amazing, yeah. Like I look at them and go, I mean, you attend one of the satellite campuses of one of the biggest churches, yes, I totally in that do. whole world, yes, I do, and I love it. They dress a little bit differently; they're a little bit more ghosty, so mm. so shoes come that, off when you're doing laps around the church, Lord. <laughs> When the banners start to be waved, there's no room for Yeezys. <laughs> Say that again. That's going on the T-shirt. <laughs> Dude. When Dude. the banners start to get waved, there's no motherfreaking yes. room yeah. for Yeezys. No, 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 no. When, when the guy next to you stands up and pulls out his own personal set of flags, <laughs> and you're going, all right, we're going there. And Fire you, is about to rain oh, yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, um, those Prestos you got, those, uh, fear God, they, 
they're gone, man. They're they're gone. They, they got, just fall they, off. They just fall off. They just fall off. They're gone. Break every chain. Every single chain is broken. <laughs> Dang. So so yeah, but I I do, and so I, I guess okay. So let yes. me a follow up philosophical question. Yeah. That I I didn't prepare you for, yes. but this is so I I I've talked to several of these pastors, and one was basically. Uh, or several or basically, I basically framed it as this is all bad. Mm. And my, the philosophical question that came up and I struggle with this a lot because I do see the negativity and I try to delete as many comments as I can, but people suck uh, in a lot of ways <laughs> and are ruthless and judgmental and um, basically impart their hurts from the church or from uh from their own background on the account and call it gospel. Yeah. Um, so the philosophical question is, can something be good if the collateral is bad? Jeez, man. Right. So, so like, I don't, I'm not expecting like a really, <laughs> this is just like, honestly, a question that's been rolling through my mind is like, yeah. because that's basically what's happening. It's like there, there is some component of like, Oh man, this is such a good conversation to be had. But yeah. then also there's these douchebags that are showing up yeah. <laughs> that are saying these terrible things yes. to these people that I inherently believe the same thing yes. as. Yes. Um, but I haven't been convicted enough to stop because there is this whole deal. It's like, are also like, shouldn't we care about the optics that we present yes. when we're either preaching the gospel or even like personally as we are living our lives out as believers? Yes. yes. I think for me... Personally, I don't know. I think that's the easiest way to, to say it. Um, and there's verses for both sides. Oh, yeah. If we try to – and I think the part that breaks my heart is that, like, we are just confirming. Like, when we get to the comment section, it is just, like, a confirmation to people that aren't believers that, like, yeah, the church is not a beautiful bride. Right. Like, it is this internal, like, they don't even like each other. Um, and so it's this, oh, it like breaks my heart when I look at the comments and I'm just like, come on, man. Like, yeah, we, you know, like, can we just laugh at this and just say that that's funny? Like, like um, relax, chill, chill. chill. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's people in the church. And I saw a comment of one guy that was like, not a believer. And he was like, you know, what really surprised me the most is like, these believers are like attacking each other. Yeah. And, um, that like breaks my heart so the short answer i don't know um i think how we respond in comment sections on stuff like this is just a revelation of our heart and um can something good come out of it i i hope this podcast does like i hope that if you're a believer in your church like encourage your pastor like if he wears something nice tell him that looks really cool yeah and if you do have a problem that, like, you're able to have a loving conversation with someone on staff about it, um, that isn't gossip, that is that is just honest, like, because I love you, I want to talk about it, um, and that you're able to check yourself yeah. and, and your own spending habits. And so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's what's been tough about this is that I 100% yeah like see and agree that the comments are tough. And then so like the response is like, all right, well then just turn the comments off. But then are you negating any opportunity for good conversation? And some, some of the, the more uh, squeaky wheel critics of mine would say, 
uh, well, now you're just perpetuating more negativity. And I, I'm not sure what to do with that because I want yeah. there to be some amount of open dialogue. Yeah. Initially, I didn't, I didn't care about an open dialogue. No, because you didn't know. I was trying to get some laughs. That's yeah. literally what it was. And, yeah. But then everyone created this into some freaking <laughs> massive discussion. It's huge. Massive in relative terms. Yes. Uh, and if you knew anything about me, which you do. Yes. You know, I want no part no, of, of, hates it. of <laughs> conflict, <laughs> pissing people off. None of I it. I just want to be friends with everybody. everybody. <laughs> which is why this is so uncomfortable. Killing you. And uh, so, yeah, it's a good discussion. I guess my last question for you, because we're about to get kicked out of this um, yeah. rental space. Yeah. Uh, is, are there any verses that come to mind or that you thought of talking about maybe just yeah. stewardship for all of us, because that's been a, basically the one thing that I've been able to hold to is that we all have to examine yeah. why we freaking buy stuff, how we spend our money. Yes. And uh, the difference between uh, spending our money for God's glory and spending our money for our own glory. Yeah. So let me just let me share a few stories. And I think I'm good with these people. So we can, okay. we can and I can add on whatever time. But OK, so like. I when I worked at the church. I started a lawn care company so I could spend more time with these young kids that were in my youth that were, were single parent, um, low income kids. And so I had these three young boys that were working with me, high school age. One was about to graduate high school. And we worked and we, we just cut lawns. Everything that was given to me was given to me by like just super generous people in our church. The truck, the, the everything. It was supernatural how everything came together. Well, to get in their world, I just would talk about the stuff they want to talk about and go figure. They want to talk about sneakers. They wanted like they're, they were huge into sneakers. And so off just talking with them about shoes, I start, I share with him like, cause I start, I start getting into it. I go to sneakernews.com. I'm just picking up on stuff. Cause I want to enter into their world. And so off comment, like I'm just talking to him. I just show him these shoes that I just saw. And I was like, man, these are so tight. This kid's not rich. Like he does not have a ton of money. He's working with me to make money. I'm working with him so I can get more time with him. He goes off and he buys me these $200 shoes, these Jordans. And what was the right thing for me to do in that situation? Yeah, come on. It's to, re it's to receive the gift because it, it shows him honor. Like he went out of his way. Was it uncomfortable for me? It was. It was super uncomfortable. I know his financial situation. I know what's going on. I know life is tough. But he went out of his way the battery just went out oh no <laughs> this is oh it is <laughs> he went out of his way to to give something to me to to like to love on me so i, I give him these shoes i mean he I, I i take these shoes from him and i wear them and i love them and he loves seeing me wear them it's a way to honor him how often do we see like people in the church with these nice shoes we don't know where they got them from Maybe some guy, like, that's their way of giving them these shoes. And then let me give you the other side of that was when we were broke, broke. Like, I was traveling all over the place to, like, to, to, to make extra money to MC corporate events and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, I do one event. It pays me $400. I get back, and the Lord tells me to give this $400 to a family in the church that's not hurting financially. He just says, give the money. I give the money in an envelope. As soon as they open the envelope, they're chasing me around the church with this money because they can't receive it. 
I know I'm poor. The way it made me feel was like really dishonored and it made me feel embarrassed because it was like, I know my financial situation, but it's the joy of giving. It is the joy of giving to you. And I know your financial situation, but it's the joy of giving you some money that whether you needed it or not. And I'm being dishonored now because you don't want to receive it because of my financial situation, but I get the joy of, of obedience. And so come, let me fast forward you. Like this move from Dallas to Austin has been a really hard transition. It has been one of my darkest hours in life. During that time, one of the pastors that a lot of you guys have been like just hating on um, was the one T Jake's, I would play his stuff when I was having a hard time just getting out of the house because I was so depressed. I would put on his, like, I just YouTube Christian motivation and just play it. And I'd hear him talk about David and I'd hear him talk about the hard season, how I'm being pressed for a reason and how all this stuff. And I was like, I'm going to make it. Like, I'm going to stinking make it. Like, I could encounter God through his words. And so imagine if I'm a millionaire or a billionaire in his church and I'm in the same state. I'm depressed. I can't figure it out, whatever. If I had the money, I'd buy this guy a house because he, he God through him, brought me out of a situation, um, helped sustain me in a time that was so hard. So I think it's hilarious that there's a picture of him in Jordan's at, at this church. But I think he's making a, a transition because he's noticing that the culture is transitioning. And he's going, I'm going to honor the culture by wearing what they wear by letting them know, I know what you're, I know what you're like. I'm trying to be like you are. I know who I am, my identity, but I'm going to dress like you so that I can bring to you the gospel. So I can bring you this stuff. And the last thing was I would, a lot of this whole Instagram thing started with like you noticing Mac Brock wearing like Yeezys. Well, the song he's singing is a song that I would weep to just worshiping. And if I ever saw him, I'd give him the biggest hug and go, dude, I'm doing better now financially. Can I buy you another pair of Yeezys? Like you, the resurrecting me, like there were moments where it was so hard to just get out of the seat and I would just worship and I'd be weeping and hearing him song and I'd sing that song and then I'd see the video of him with so much passion and he just brought it. I didn't care what shoes he was wearing. And I noticed them too, by the way. I was like, those Yeezys? Okay, so I'm the only heathen in the room that's so focused on the shoes. Yeah. Like, I noticed the Yeezys. We all noticed the nice nice stuff because guess what? That's our culture now. Like, our culture cares about these things. Like, they're selling more Jordans than they ever have. Like, they're, like, like, nice things. But, like, preachers used to wear nice suits. They don't wear nice suits anymore. Like, how do we, how do we actually match the culture? You, like, my dad's a missionary. When you go to Africa and you go to these tribes, you go and do what they do. I've seen white dudes from the suburbs drinking milk with goat's blood in it. Like, that's disgusting. (laughs) But they're doing it. Why? They're dressing like them. They're wearing the same sandals. They're wearing the same garb as they do. Why? Because they realize, I'm a missionary to this place. And I'm trying to bring the gospel here. So I'm going to dress like you dress. I'm going to eat what you eat. I'm going to drink what you drink. So if you're in New York or L.A., guess what? Things cost more. And guess what? In L.A., in New York... In, in North Carolina, in these bigger cities, guess what this new generation dresses like? Hype beast. Hype beast. Supreme. All this stuff. So you want to you wanna, you wanna meet them with the gospel? Do you have to wear that stuff? No. Does it help? Yes. Trust me, I've served inner city youth 
And when I got those Jordans that that kid gave me and I showed up to play basketball, they looked in, they go, oh, you got the Jordan 12s? Oh, okay. Like I had somehow had some credibility that allowed me to speak into their life. So I love this. Like I love reading the Instagram posts. Like I show them to my wife and we're laughing out loud. Um, I don't like that anyone's getting harmed through it. But I think the the scripture that I would use uh, would be 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3. Um, It says, so get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. And so if I can like encourage anyone, like he's talking about all that God's done. And as a result of what God's done, like, let's be like this. Like if you're a part of the church and you're like on this Instagram post and you're seeing it, like just go, whoa, those are some sweet shoes. Like we don't have to dishonor one another and, and talk down to one another and use the Bible against itself to do this, we can actually encourage one another. And if you have a problem with it, like, it, check. Are you in a relationship with any of these people? Like, if you're not, then who cares? Like, that's their deal. Um, and it's not bad. Like, why should they feel bad about wearing nice stuff? We don't know. It's none of our business. It, it really isn't. And so I love the church. I love you guys. Um, and I think that's that's all I got. Well, that was about as good as what I paid for it. So, Justice, thanks for taking the time. Uh, I apologize to all the listeners for the audio differences. Our uh, our recording device went out. went out because this is a real low budget operation. Yeah. Uh, but no, Justice, that was that was really good. Um, that was a really convicting word, and I'm still torn. torn. <laughs> because you make, I mean, really great points and. Um, but also, we would never be having this conversation had none of this happened. So I, I'm still keeping an open mind about things, but your perspective is super helpful and way more uh, credible than my own. So uh, I appreciate you taking the time, and this won't be the last time we talk. So thanks again. Yeah. Wow. Justice Strait brought it in our discussion. I was so convicted and encouraged by the wisdom and anecdotes he shared. If you'd like to connect with him more, be sure to subscribe to his podcast, under the influence and connect with them on social media at justice motivates at J U S T U S motivates. If you haven't already, please be sure to like review and subscribe the preachers and seekers podcast. Every review is helpful. Even if it's a one star would love to get your feedback so I can continue to make this content relevant and helpful as we move forward. Thanks again for tuning in to the preachers and sneakers podcast. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.